I'm Jennifer Clare, and this is Kitchen Radio. This cooking podcast takes place in a different home kitchen every episode, where we cook up a dish my guest has always wanted to learn. Before I opened up a brick-and-mortar cooking school in New York City, all my teaching took place in my students' kitchens. Now, with a microphone in hand, I'm going back into their homes, so you have a chance to come along with me. Today I'm joining Margot Kingen in Wappingers Falls, New York. She's tired of the predictable flavor of the Indian food she makes at home and wants to learn how to make a curry that will really knock her socks off. Her husband Josh is a newfound vegetarian, so we decided to cook up a batch of chana masala, a richly spiced chickpea and tomato curry that has a secret sour ingredient that will help Margot brighten up all of her future Indian dishes. Listen in. So here we are in Wappingers Falls with Margot Kingen. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, and, thanks uh, for doing this. So what are we cooking today? What do you want to cook? So I wanted to do an Indian curry that didn't taste like every one of the Indian curries <laughs> that I always make, which I always think I'm doing something different and always comes out the same. So are you using, you mean like packaged so, No. Spices, so or? I do, I use a mixture I mean, I guess that's the problem. I'm using the same spices. I use spices? garam masala and some cumin and some turmeric, garlic, ginger. Okay. Well, we're going to use all of those things. But okay. I guess maybe our, ours will taste slightly different because we're using a couple more added, okay. added <laughs> flavors. Good. Um, so we're going to make a chana masala. Chana masala, to me, is just the easiest uh, Indian curry because yeah. it, it utilizes almost everything that you've already got in your pantry. Okay. So it's a can of chopped tomatoes, cans of chickpeas, all the spices, which I'm looking at your spice shelf here, which I love, is filled with kind of every spice under the sun, and a mixture of whole spices and ground spices. So we're going to do, um, these are uh, mustard seeds. So we have mustard seeds and cumin seeds. So we're going to use them whole. And whole spices give a lot different flavor. First of all, you bite into them and you get a burst yeah. of the flavor. Um, also, visually, I love seeing whole spices in Indian curries. Okay. And I, I know that that doesn't always tie to taste. But for me, a lot of times, like the color of things or the yeah. sight of things can help my experience. So yeah, using whole spices and ground spices. So we're going to do whole mustard seeds whole cumin seeds, and then for our ground spices, we are going to use the garam masala, um, coriander, turmeric, and you didn't have as many uh, <laughs> hot pepper options, um, so you can use fresh chilies like jalapenos, serranos, or the like the Italian uh, Indian green chilies, or you can just use dried chilies. So this one is a Korean dried chili, which we tasted, yes. and is, is beautiful and red, which is why I chose it. But it's true, not very hot. Because your cayenne pepper, this one from uh, the Spice Islands, this is kind of brown. Right. So, so even it's though around yeah. too long. Well, it's hot. Like we tasted it, and it was hot, but it was had like almost no other flavor. It yeah. was just hot. Yeah. So to me, that's not an exciting spice. Okay. So we're gonna use some crushed red pepper flakes, which are very not Indian. But we're gonna. Well, you know, they use whole red chilies, and these are just ground red chilies. Right. Okay. Right. And um, and then we're gonna use an ingredient that I don't think you've ever used, and this is called amchur powder. I have not. Yeah. So this is dried, unripe oh, wow. mango powder, mm. and it's sour. So traditionally, you don't see like squeeze of lemon juice or lime juice right. in Indian curries but just like every other dish you always want an acidic component so this is the acid it's like sour powder this is this is dried crushed mango dried unripe like dried green mango powder wow and another one you can also get dried pomegranate powder which is kind of lightly pink it's also beautiful it's another of the sour powders wow. having um 
ghee as your cooking fat is really going to transform the dish. So ghee is essentially clarified butter, meaning all the fat, all the milk proteins have been taken out. So this is just pure butter oil. Okay. Um, it's a little confusing because it's white because it's cold in here. Right. But when it melts, it's clear and yellow. Yeah. So it's no different than olive oil. So you don't even refrigerate it. There's nothing here to go bad. Right. It's just butter oh. oil. So it's great for frying spices because it never burns. So people love butter, but, but it, it burns, burns really quickly. Because yeah. of the, right. So Got all the particles it. that burn in butter are removed. Okay. So it is a clarified butter, but it does not taste anything or smell anything like Clarified butter, like if you buy clarified butter, that's more of like a French yeah, thing right. where you make omelets yeah. um, in there. But just smell this. You tell me what it smells like. It doesn't <laughs> smell good. I'll just tell it, you that Margot's face was yeah. not so good. <laughs> yeah. It was like all crinkled I mean, up. It doesn't, there's almost like a rancidness to yes. it. Yeah. It doesn't smell good. It yeah. smells like... It smells like Parmesan cheese or buttermilk. It's, yeah. it's curdled milk. Yeah. So ghee is absolutely not related to butter in the way that you would spread it on toast or enjoy it in a sweet way. It okay. is a cooking okay. fact. So it is cultured and it is, I don't know if it's aged, but it's definitely not just clarified regular butter. It's clarified cultured butter. Okay. So it has had um, something added to it. So it turns a bit, turns like cheese does, turns like oh. buttermilk does. Um, so it has. So um, is, would that be some kind of an acid that might be added to it to make it do that? I'm or? not sure. It's true. I wish I knew more about what makes ghee turn, but yeah. I don't. Okay. But it is, I was, it's some sort of bacteria or enzyme right. that makes it curdle. Right. Um, because it has very much the smell of buttermilk yeah. or cheesiness. So again, not so delicious on its own, right. not so yummy to smell. It's not something you would ever eat, but no, right. it is a cooking fat. So okay. we are going to use it as part of this. And cumulatively, if you add different layers of flavor, that's why the result will be taste hopefully different than what you're looking to avoid, which is the monotony the of an Indian curry. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to sort of lay everything out here. Indian curries are so easy to make. It's all about layering of flavors. Okay. So you always start with the fat. So we have our ghee here. Then the next step is adding all of your whole spices. So we've got our cumin seeds and our mustard seeds here. Um, next ingredient that goes into the pan after you heat up your whole seeds for a couple minutes in your fat is all the aromatic vegetables. So I think kind of without a doubt, almost every Indian dish, dep actually depending on the, on where in India you're cooking, okay. some, um, religions do not eat onions or ginger. No onions or garlic. Okay. I believe it's the Jain, but there's so many different religions in India and all of them have slightly different dietary restrictions. Almost. I mean, nobody eats beef. There. Right. So like the, all the dairy is, you know, in all the cows are known for their dairy. So there's lots of cheeses, there's lots of butter and yogurt, uh, but never any cow meat. Right. So no beef. Um, but again, the nuances between the different religions, some are not eating tomatoes, some are not eating onions, not eating garlic. But if we're going to talk about India as like sort of a, in a wide wash generalization, yeah. onions, ginger, and garlic yeah. are going to be the foundational flavors of almost every dish. Okay. Um, so we'll do our fat, our whole spices, our onions, ginger, and garlic. And then we're going to fry our dry spices. So that's the turmeric, coriander, garam masala, the chili peppers. Um, and you do that um, after you've cooked everything else because dried spices burn so fast. Okay. So you don't want to add those to the pan too soon because you can really only keep them in the pan for about a minute before you have to add something to cool down the pan. So we'll, we'll toast our spices for about a minute, and then we'll add in our cooling agents, which is pretty much the rest of the dish. So the okay. crushed tomatoes, the chickpeas, um, and that's when we'll end it. 
add the amateur powder and then we'll just let it simmer. There's lot, there's almost nothing to cook here Yeah. because the chickpeas and the tomatoes are already cooked coming out of a can. Right. So it's all about the, cooking. The base. The just the getting the flavors the to melt. So much is going on in here yeah. that it's kind of hard to, you know, make them all coalesce. So they need the time to sort of mingle. And then voila, you yeah. got an Indian curry. Oh, we're actually going to add some uh, cilantro in here too. Your doggies in this kitchen. I know. If you hear any kind of clicking, <laughs> that is doggy paws. <laughs> Come on, okay. get out of here, buddy. So I am not going to measure any of these spices, and I don't want you to measure them either. I just took out a little teaspoon, which I love, this little demi-toss spoon of yours. Um, because with Indian cooking, you really don't want to take out your tablespoon or teaspoon measurement. Right. Because the whole point is to do it by feel. You're never going to mess up the dish. The only thing that you can really mess up is maybe putting too much cayenne pepper in it. But otherwise, you know. I mean, that's how I cook anyway. Like, I only use teaspoons when I'm baking, and I know yes. that it's science. Oh, good. But otherwise, it's all... That's how I was taught, so I feel like well, this, you're doing it right. This will, yeah. especially with Indian cooking. So when I when I first started getting into Indian food, when I was still living in New York City, I would go out to Jackson Heights and go to the, all the Indian shops. Yeah, and I bought myself an Indian spice tin, and I loved it because it was like this giant round stainless steel tin and you open up the cover and then there's seven little dishes stainless steel dishes set inside of it yes. filled with different spices yes and you fill it with the spices you use most commonly and then you just grab a spoon and like you dip into each one of the wells of the spices and add it to your food so no measuring and they're all there so you don't have to open up oh. each individual jar yeah so you just open up one container and there are all your seven spices ready to go I think I need that. Right, I love yeah. it. Now, right now, it's our first aid kit at the school because we don't use it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I still love it. And I use all the seven little stainless steel dishes yeah. just to hold different things. Um, so we just have to prep. The only thing we really have to prep here are chopping up the onions, ginger, and garlic because everything else is right. you know, either in a can or ready for our teaspoon to put it in here. So let's chop up some ginger first. I'm going to have you come over here. I okay. love your knife, by the way. Thank what you. Stuff? That is a nice I knife. I know. I uh I did a commercial for them. Oh. It was, they were doing instructional videos yeah. that we were filming. And after the shoot, they were like, oh, we can't do anything with these. Do you guys want? So that's actually. <laughs> do I want this $120 yes. knife? Yes. Yeah. I walked home with a knife, the cutting board, and a ham. Oh, a ham? <laughs> Yeah. So that's how do you? Awesome. I so I usually freeze my ginger and then just grate it. So that's so fine. How do you? I would say for ginger that you're gonna cook. If you grate it, it burns pretty quickly right? or okay. browns pretty quickly. So we're trying to avoid that. Okay. So all I did is I took the a spoon, like the the concave part of the spoon, and I scraped the skin off of the ginger. Ah. I don't always take the skin off of ginger. But I have to say, not disparagingly, this is some old-looking ginger. So I took the skin okay. off because it's so wrinkly like an elephant. Yeah. So I don't want to eat that. Right. But if it's a tight, fresh skin, I just skip the peeling altogether and just keep it. Okay. So you're going to cut it into coins first. Ginger is so fibrous and hard to cut. Yeah. So I want you to cut it into sort of like eighth-inch thick slices first. And then we're just going to mince them. Okay. Great. You're doing your hand holding so well. You're yeah. protecting your fingertips. That was my mom because she ah. learned. She used to watch Julia Child, and she taught me how to go Julia Child. I know. All right, so you're gonna mince. Here's mincing. You're gonna put your right, your left hand on the tip of the knife yes. like this. Yep. And I'm also gonna tell you to pull up your sleeves. Okay. Three quarter sleeves always. Otherwise, you get food on your sleeves. Well, you get yeah, food on your sleeves and your sleeves and your food, and then the the knife the knife handle like slips into your cuff and gets That's it very no difficult. Nope. All right, so get this hand out oh, of the way. This yeah. one, yeah. You're gonna put your hand on your knife so it's protected. And you're going back and forth. Gorgeous. So ginger takes a long time to mince. Right. Because it's so fibrous. So grating it is great. 
but I would think for cooking, it makes it a little bit um, too small. So you're gonna keep going, chop, 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 chop. And while you're doing that, I'm gonna peel some garlic. That ghee is pungent. The ghee is <laughs> It is very pungent here. I'm gonna put the lid on it. No, it's okay. <laughs> but the, it's an It is definitely smell. not something you wanna eat raw, but when you do eat it, or when you do cook with it, it's pretty magical, the taste. Um, you're not gonna taste it, but it's a richness. Like adding butter to anything is right. gonna make it good. Um, I'm gonna smash these garlic cloves while you're doing that. Are we going for There we go. Crushing the garlic cloves, smashing them, just makes it much easier to take off the skin, which I'm going to do now. So have you gotten any other good perks from um, working in film? I... You're behind the scenes, aren't you? Behind the scenes. I have done some time on like reality cooking shows. Oh, so, wait, what's a reality cooking show? Uh, oh, like like beating Bobby Flay, oh. like those kind of. <laughs> That's true. It is it's like a half rea reality show, yeah. and kind of. So, would you call Chopped a reality cooking yes. show? Yes. Okay. I get. I guess I just lump them all as reality shows. Like they're real people. They're not actors, you know. Right, but that would be all cooking shows. Yes, Who, I guess that's true. Right. Yeah. But some of them are more, they have the style of reality TV where they want crazy things to happen and right. things to fall apart and, and flames. And they have the jajong yeah, sound. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I think that we would, I would think classifying it as reality yeah. cooking TV is right. Because like yeah. Lydia Bastianich, any of the PBS cooking shows, those are straight. love those. Yes. Straight up cooking. There's no producer like whispering in your ear right. like, knock that on the floor and scream. Right. Or say something disparaging about your your you know fellow contestant, exactly. which I can't stand. I hate that too. You know what I love are the chopped junior um, I do too. Competitions because they are they're not jaded yet. They're so kind to each other. And I if they're know. Tr if they say anything vaguely competitive like, I'm gonna crush you, you can tell that they don't even mean it. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're more interested in like befriending their fellow contestants. But yeah. when you become an adult. Yeah. 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 Too bad. I know. Alright, so beautifully minced ginger. Now okay. let's mince up this garlic. Very good. Same. It's about four cloves of garlic and about two tablespoons of ginger. And then last but not least, we will slice up our onion. And then we'll be ready to cook. So easy. It is so easy. I love, I mean, Indian food is my go-to sort of last minute. Um, I make a lot of dal, which is the, the split lentils. Yeah. Any kind of lentil, yeah. as long as it's cut in half. When it cooks up, will get soft and creamy and sort of bleed out into the water. So it's like a... Are there lentils that aren't split in yeah. half? Yeah, like think of like the the black beluga lentils or like the brown lentils, they have skin all the way around them. Yeah. So they right. don't, when they soften, the interior creaminess doesn't come out. Ooze out. Yeah, oh. they're just whole. So okay. with a split lentil, you can make dal, which is just like a creamy lentil puree. Yeah. And then cooking rice and like frying up some onions, ginger and garlic and throwing in some whole spices and just stirring that into the dal at the Delicious. end. Delicious. Yeah, I do a lot. I love Indian cooking. Plus I love my rice cooker because I just turn it on and then I just cook the rest of the meal. So like the rice does itself. Ah, that's really it. smart. Yeah. All right, so we're cutting the onion in half. I'm peeling off the skin. And then let's keep this onion. I'm not gonna dice it. Let's just slice it. I like slicing onions because then you see the onion in your dish. If you dice it, it's so small. I mean, not that that's bad. But first of all, slicing an onion is faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like fast. Okay, so I just peeled your onion. So just thinly slice those. Okay two onion halves. And I'm gonna come on over here. 
I'm gonna turn on your stove. You've got an electric stove, so you do have to do a little pre-thought yes. pre here. So we're gonna use this cast iron skillet, which I love. It is a little on the small side. Okay, do you want something bigger? Well, I have. I love cast iron, do you have a, do you have a 12 inch? I, you know, I have one of those. Um, cast iron? It's one of these, it's this guy. I'm gonna finish cutting up your onion for you. Margo is digging deep. This guy? Oh, yes. Okay. That is my favorite pan on the planet. Excellent. That is a Le Creuset cast iron enamel coated red yes. brazier. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. a really wide. So this is more like a 14 inch skillet. Is yeah, that too big? No, it's great. Okay. It has high sides. I'll take a picture of this, folks. Don't worry. And I will put it. Um, in the notes, so you can see what my favorite pan looks like. Can I you absolutely tell me love this why, thing. yeah, what's so, I mean, I like because, it too, but. Well, it's heavy duty, so yeah. it's cast iron, so I love that. It's enamel coated, so it allows you to cook things in here that would normally take out the metallic taste of cast iron, so things like tomatoes and lemon and wine. Yeah. If it's coated with enamel, you get all the properties of the cast iron, but without the reactive metal oh. uh, peculiarities. So, so I if love we were it. to cook this in, in the cast iron one, there'd it be just, a... It might take on a little bit of the tang of the iron. Oh. Not a terrible thing. Iron's yeah. great for you, but the surface area of this pan is just so glorious. <laughs> like it's... Because a 12 inch pan is not always 12 inches. Because if you have a saute pan that has sloped edges, yeah. 12 inches means from rim to rim. It's not the bottom. Ah. So this just gives it some more surface area. This is a considered a skillet or a brazier where it has straight sides. So yeah. all, there's so much more surface area on the bottom. Okay. Oh, this is Where'd great. Where'd you get this pan? I want to walk away with it. That was a wedding gift. Oh, that yeah. was a good wedding gift. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Le Creuset, if you don't get it for your wedding, you never get it. <laughs> I totally, expensive. it's true. I wouldn't. And I also got the Dutch oven one. So yeah. I feel like between those dishes, I, I will never need another pan. Yeah, you don't. All right, so let's start. We got our pan heating up here. Okay. I'm going to give you a spoon. I want okay. you to ladle or spoon two very generous spoonfuls of ghee extract. Okay. Three. Three. That spoon is not looking. It's I want a, a lot spoon. of fat. So you see how it's melting? It's kind of yes. creamy and white. Yes. But the minute it hits the pan, it melts and it's clear. Yeah. Um, great. So that looks like enough ghee. Okay. And then when the ghee starts heating up, we're going to add our first ingredients, which are going to be, let's bring those over there. Those are the whole cumin seeds and the whole mustard seeds. Okay. So both of these will sort of toast a bit and pop. And once they've been in the pan for about a minute, just to get them, you know, to get a maximum amount of heat touching them. Because once we add the onions, ginger, and garlic to the pan, it will kind of cool it down. Okay. We really want to toast and pop these spices. So grab that little teaspoon that's in the salt. And just put a teaspoon of each one of them in there. Okay. So those are the cumin seeds. Yeah. Sizzle, sizzle, fry. Let's do two mustard seeds. Yeah. I love the look of tiny brown mustard seeds in my food. Makes me happy. And then it's <laughs> so just stir that up. Yep. Squeaky. So we're just giving them a nice toast. And they should start popping because mustard seeds, especially the cumin seeds, don't pop so much. Um, but they do start to, to pop because a little bit of moisture comes out of the seed okay. and basically explodes out. Okay, so I'm bringing over the onions, ginger, and garlic that have all been expertly chopped. Ooh. Yeah, they're totally yeah, they're popping. popping. Pop, pop, pop. Oh, wow. Great. That sounds fantastic. Okay. Ooh. So whoop. now that they started popping, we're yeah. going to cool them off. We're adding the onions, ginger, and garlic to the pan. 
We're gonna saute that up. Oh my God, it smells amazing already. So a lot wow. of that is ghee. Wow. You're not smelling the funk of ghee anymore. You're no. smelling the rich fat, but mixed with all these amazing flavors. Onions, ginger, garlic, mustard seeds, and cumin seeds. That already smells so different than anything that I've made before. So how do you usually start your curries? I usually it start, oil? it's always, yeah, it's olive oil and onion, garlic, and ginger, but yeah. Well, the ghee might have something to do with the transformative smell and also yeah. the whole spices. Yeah. Supposed to be whole spices. Yeah. Okay, so after we cook those for about three or four minutes, um, we will add the dry spices to this. Okay. So here's something I'm going to tell you. When you cook dry spices, again, like I said before, you only want to cook them for a minute because they burn really quickly. Yeah. Um, so instead, especially with Indian food, since you're never adding just one spice, yeah. by the time you get to your fifth spice, the first spice has been in the pan for already a minute. Okay. So you run the risk of burning it. So what you do is you make a masala. A masala is a mix. Okay. So you take all your spices, bring them over here, and you're going to take a little container, like a little dish, here and you're going to take all your spices and put them in one dish. So when it comes time to add the spices, perfect. You add them all at once, right. and then you get the full minute on there and nothing ever burns. So each dish, each um, Indian dish I make, or anybody makes, has a masala, a blend of spices. Again, no Indian recipe ever has one spice. Right. So you mix them all together. You make your own personal chana masala masala. Ah. So chana means chickpea and masala means blend, you know, okay. mix. Um, so this is turmeric, hot peppers, garam masala, and cumin, no, coriander. So let's, I would do like a teaspoon at least of each. Okay. But not a teaspoon of the crushed red pepper flakes. That might kill us. Okay. Now, I'm, if you see in the bottom of the pan, we have some stickiness. Yes. I find a sticky brown, which is great for flavor, but if it gets too dark, then it just tastes burnt. Right. So I always find that these cast iron pans, especially because you're on an electric burner, you see how it's browning yes. in a circle here? Yes. It's basically mimicking where your heat source is. That's right. You can see it very clearly. Yes. <laughs> so you know where your burner is underneath there. So I'm just going to watch it, and I'm going to actually add a little water to this pan. Sure. Because I want to cool that off. I don't. I want the brown sticky glaze, but I don't want a black sticky glaze. So I'm going to pour a little cool water in this pan, and I'm going to deglaze the pan. See how I'm scraping up all yes. that brown? Now that's gone. Yes. So nothing's going to burn, but all that fabulous caramel from the onions yes. is now in the dish. So I'm going to keep this little dish of water here yes. on the side in case that happens again. But I do find that with cast iron, um, that happens a lot. So, okay. Yeah. So what about these guys? Do those go? Oh yeah, bring them over. Okay. I forgot about them. <laughs> so there's our am well, amateur powder goes in at the end. So just okay. like citrus, like when you squeeze lemon juice, you always do it at the end of cooking. Okay. You add the amateur at the end of cooking. So we'll set that spice aside. But everything else will add. So you're adding this, your Korean chili powder. I, this, I think you can be more generous with it because it okay. doesn't have a lot of heat. It doesn't have a lot of heat. I didn't taste it's it. It's kind of pretty so. red though. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we'll turmeric, curry powder. I'm sorry. It's not curry powder. Chili powder. Garam masala. How much garam masala do you put in I did a, a, a teaspoon. Let's do another one. Yeah. Because chana masala, the, the garam masala, which is its own blend. They're almost all the spices in Indian cooking are single spices, turmeric, cayenne, um, coriander, but garam masala is a spice mix. Okay. So it's like 15 different spices in there, and usually they're all the warming ones, like uh, 
you know, cinnamon and nutmeg and clove. Okay. And uh, black pepper, bay leaf. I often use garam masala in place of cinnamon, like if I'm making an apple dessert. <gasps> oh, because wow. Because it's, you know, it's, Cinnamon's good with apples, but so are all these other spices. Yeah. So it's a great, it's a great um, mix for apple desserts. Oh, we're getting brown again. Yeah. So let's add, let's just jump ahead because okay. these onions look nice and cooked down. So we're going to add that spice mix. Boom. Once. Boom. Don't, yeah, Done. don't sprinkle. Just, just throw sprinkle. it in. I'm going to put a little more turmeric because I love turmeric. So I also I've, love the color of it. I read or I heard somewhere that and I don't know the, if this is true, but yeah. I remember hearing it, and I always worried about it, that turmeric kind of can have a medicinal flavor. So you should it use it sparingly. But well, it's bitter. It's, it's definitely. Well, it's it bitter. is a medicinal herb. Right. It's used in so much, or medicinal spice, I guess. You can buy capsules of it at the health food store. Right. It's very good for inflammation. Right, and I know they do turmeric teas. and turmeric is part of an important balance. So with Indian food, you never just have one spice. So turmeric is there to offer the bitter, beautiful oh. pungency and color. Yeah. But you would, but it's tamed by the sweetness of cumin and coriander and paprika. So right. I guess if you overdo it, it could be, but right. I don't know. I love, I love bitter. Yeah. Okay. I keep adding a little bit more water to the pan because it's browning. So yeah. we've done a minute of toasting. We don't know. We don't want to do any more Okay. because that's too much for the spices. So now we need to add some cooling agents. So let's add half that can of tomatoes, and that will cool off the pan right away. Good. So now we can relax, because the spices have all been toasted. With Indian food, that's the most important part of the dish, is making sure you're honoring the spices and getting as much flavor, flavor out of them as you can. Yeah. And by doing that, is subjecting them to heat. Because, as we saw with some of your spices, the more spices languish, um, the less flavorful they are. Right. So when you grind a spice, a, a ground spice, they really lose a lot of their flavor so much more quickly than a whole spice because there's more surface area being exposed to oxygen. And um, so if you don't toast them or fry them, you're not going to get as much flavors out of them as you can. Right. But um, but it is a good idea to check your spices before making Indian food because that can be why maybe it's not so yeah. flavorful. Right. If your spices are dull. Yeah. So is the rest of it. Okay, so we've got our tomato. Now let's add two cans of drained chickpeas. Because I think I was saying this before we started, that you never make Indian food for one day. You would never right. make a batch no. that you would eat that night and be done. Like leftovers are so good. I feel like they really, because of all the spices, they are dramatic in their flavor increase. All right, so dump your two cans of drained chickpeas in there. Okay, now let's chop up some cilantro, what we've got here. And the stems of cilantro are very edible. So the, the okay. tough ones at the end, yeah. you don't want to eat those, but the tender stems towards the leaf okay. um, are definitely edible. So these are a little bit too thick. Like okay. the stalks towards the end got it. are tough, but if you strip them, like just sort of take the stalk and pull the leaves up, whatever comes off, you can eat. So kind of like where the leaves start. start. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Where the first leaf starts, right. everything up from there is definitely edible. Okay, good. So let's um, just get rid of some of the tougher stalks, and then you're going to mince this just like you did the ginger and garlic. Okay. And we're going to add a huge handful of that to here to cook, and we're going to cover this and cook it for about 15 minutes to let the flavors melt. Even though everything's already cooked, we want those flavors to have a chance to hang out together. And then we'll put more fresh cilantro on top of it before we serve it. Yum. Okay, so 
am I doing... Everything in here is sort of dry. Yeah. So we are gonna add about a cup of water in here. By okay. adding water to the dish, we're not trying to dilute it, we're just trying to give more opportunity for this dish to cook. Okay. If we don't add water to this, we have to stop cooking it soon because it's gonna dry out. But right. by adding water, it allows us 20 more minutes of cooking. All that water is gonna evaporate, but it is going to allow more cooking time. Yeah. Is that good? That looks good. So it's a good, huge handful of cilantro with stems. Stems get a bad rap. They yeah. really are part of the herb. Same thing with like the stock of cauliflower and broccoli. Yes, Whenever I'm teaching I people, know. always throwing that stuff away. I'm like, my God, that's that is it. That's part of the that's veg. That's like my favorite <laughs> part, actually, yeah. is the stock. All right, so I'm gonna add a cup. Oops. Jesus. A cup of water here to our dish. There we go. And then we're gonna put this lid on top of it and we're just gonna let this simmer. Now we have not added any salt yet. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why we don't add salt into the end. I think as I was learning Indian cooking, anyone I learned from or any book I read always, always added salt at the end. That is basically counter to everything I've learned about cooking. Yeah. Um, which is that you salt along the way. Right. But I'm just trying to... Uh, I'm <laughs> just trying to absorb what I've learned. Yeah. And I don't. I salt at the end. I let all the spices come together and cook and blend, and then we figure out how much salt there needs to be. These are, because these are canned chickpeas and canned tomatoes. Yeah. Both of these have salt in them already. Yeah. Um, you can always buy low-sodium chickpeas. These are not low-sodium. But even so, they're still going to have sodium in them. So let's wait till this is all cooked down, married together. Okay. And then we'll determine if it needs salt. And then at the end, we'll add more fresh cilantro and the amateur powder, which will help us mm. season it. Okay, so I'm gonna put the lid on here. Do we want well, let's put more cilantro in there. Okay. Yeah, put another big handful. This I like to overdo the herbs. I'm with you, yeah. yeah. But I get that from Persian cooking, where like they can't help but put cups <laughs> I, cups and cups of herbs. So I was listening to your the podcast that you did with, where you made the egg dish. Oh yeah, the cuckoo sabzi. And all of the herbs, I felt like my mouth was salivating as I was just listening to you guys. <laughs> like dump the herbs in, and I thought, why don't we do it that way? Yeah. Like we, we can do it that yeah. way. I'm taking that and I'm bringing it to the Indian yeah. food. I take I it like into it. all of my cuisines. I like that. All right, so we're gonna take a little pause here while we um, let this simmer for about 15 minutes, and okay. then we'll come back and we'll do all the seasonings. And we're gonna take a bite. Excellent. Okay, we're back and that's 20 minutes later and our chana masala is still simmering so lovingly over there, but we're gonna taste it now. So we have to add, uh, I have two spoons here for us, Margo. Okay. So we'll taste it now just to see where we're starting. And then we need to, we haven't added salt to this yet. Right. Um, and then we have to add the tangy amchur. Actually, you know what? We're adding the amchur first because I want you to taste it with the amchur. Yeah. And why don't you get the rest of that cilantro and dump it in here. So we have some sure. fresh cilantro and cooked cilantro. So I'm putting about a teaspoon of the amchur powder in here. Nice tangy amchur powder. And if you didn't have it, you would just use juice of half a lemon. Okay. To start, or lime. Okay, give that a stir. So really what we're tasting for now is salt. There is so much flavor going on in here. If you don't have the proper amount of salt, you won't taste it all. So it may even taste good, but then when you add salt, it will taste phenomenal. <laughs> Okay. All right, grab your spoon. That's hot. Don't hurt yourself. Mm. Oh my God. Oh, it's so good. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. But it needs salt. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's it delicious, but. It does need salt, but it the... could be brightened. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the salt. 
I think it has enough sour in it, actually. Oh, so I'm wow. going to do about a half a teaspoon of kosher salt to start. That try is again. so flavorful. Yeah? I mean, definitely needs the salt, but, you know, sometimes, like, before you add salt to a dish, it just doesn't taste like anything right. until you add the salt. I agree. That totally tastes like something. something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we put a lot in here, so it should taste like something. But it's so, it's like sort of a rich tomato gravy, long-cooked onions. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And it totally tastes like the tanginess of the mango. Yeah, of the amchur. Yeah. And so much cilantro. That was a good cup of cilantro. No recipes that call for like two tablespoons of chopped cilantro. The It's ludicrous. What's the point? What's the point of that? Yeah. Put as much as you can in. So yeah, it's a wonderful chickpea dish with a rich tomato spiced gravy. Chana masala. And then we have it in the back here. We're, to, we're um, cooking up some basmati rice because you really cannot eat one without the other. Or this would be great with pita. Yeah. Some sort of pita or naan if you want to, not yeah. if you want to make naan. But you can always just go to any Indian <laughs> grocery store or restaurant and just get naan to go and then make your own Indian food. You can actually buy mm. naan and roti um, at any Indian grocery store. Ours is, I love ours here. The Saraswati. On yeah, on yeah. Nine. And they have packages of them and they keep them in the freezer. So you can always have frozen roti or naan. So you take it out and just warm it up in the oven whenever you're making Indian food. And, and it, it tastes like... Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all wow. handmade and they're, you know, they're in the freezer. So they're Oh my God, I'm fresh. totally doing so that. So I love rice, but sometimes some Indian bread just really bread. kicks yeah. it up a notch. So anyways, I am so glad you asked to make this. because I know, me too. I'm excited for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you, Margo. And thank you. It really... Wow. It smells so authentic. Thank you for listening to Kitchen Radio. If you're interested in today's recipe, you can find that and more at homecookingny.com. Just click on the podcast link. There you can ask me any of your culinary questions or even pitch yourself as a future guest. And when you find yourself in New York City, please join us for a cooking class at Home Cooking New York, our cooking school in downtown Manhattan. Until next time, toodaloo!